to infuse joy, the place online where heart-centered creative minds come together to feel a little more human. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Kinks, and I'm so happy you're here. Today's episode, we are discussing just my answers to your questions. Um, I did a live chat on Instagram where I answered the questions that came in through Instagram stories and any that came on while we were discussing things live. So many of you really enjoyed the productivity Q&A and that podcast episode, so I decided we would do that again. Let me know how you're liking it. I know it's a little bit funky because there's some, you know, ways of talking online that you don't talk in podcasts, but I really enjoy it and I think it's really helpful. Q&A is a really cool way for me to touch in with information that I have for you that I don't necessarily package up and sell. So it's really fun to answer questions this way. Have a great time. I hope you enjoy this episode and I will see you next week. What we're doing here today is I'm just answering your questions that were sent in via Insta stories, but then also any questions that come in through the comments if you've just joined us. Um, so I'm just going to run through those right away. And again, if you have questions, post them in and I will get to those. So the first question I have is how do you stay creative when you don't feel it? Um, and I think my answer for this is if I'm not feeling creative, I just try to put myself in the path of creativity. So what that can mean is I go see a movie, I turn off my phone, I do things that make me feel inspired and feel connected. Um, I don't try to work through that. I don't try to work my way to creativity because that has never worked <laughs> for me. Creativity lives in the moments of experience. So if we're experiencing something new, putting ourselves in the path of um, someone else's brilliant work, doing something that makes us feel connected to our life and remind us that, that we are living, breathing beings, um, that is where creativity lives, right? It lives in the space in between. And so what I do is I focus on getting some space in between, which means usually taking some time alone or some time with some people who inspire me and doing things that bring in more creativity. I think a lot of times what we do when we're not feeling creative and we're not feeling engaged is we try to just work anyway. And Sometimes we have to, right? But what I what I would encourage us to do is to really listen and say, like, if I'm feeling uninspired, it's going to benefit me a lot more to take 15, 20 minutes to two hours and hear and, like, truly engage in something that's going to make me feel more creative than it's going to be to waste, you know, five hours trying to create something when nothing's coming to me. So um, that is my answer for how to stay creative when you don't feel it. Hi, everybody who's joining us now. If you have questions about anything productivity, life, business, you can put them in the comments. Um, otherwise, I'm answering the ones that came in through Insta Stories. The next question that I have, hello, welcome, is um, do you have any unconventional ideas for self-care? Also making friends and that they said it feels like they've tried everything when it comes to making friends and they would like some some tips. So for unconventional ideas for self-care, I think self-care can become 
this thing where we think like, oh, it's face masks, it's taking a bath, it's creating healthy boundaries even. Like we have a lot of ideas about what self-care is, but what I truly believe at the core of self-care is listening to ourselves, trusting ourselves, and responding appropriately. So if I truly believe that what I need is to take a bath today and I show myself distrust and I respond to myself with um, a lot of shoulds and a lot of expectations from other people or other areas of my life, then I'm inhibiting my ability to show up for myself. And that applies to every area. If I'm engaging with someone who's making me feel bad and I don't trust myself and I don't show up for myself as if I'm trustworthy, then that inhibits my ability to show up in, in caring love for myself. And so it all comes down to trust yourself, trust what you need, and allow yourself to have it. So that can mean eating vegetables, like a veggie-heavy lunch, like listening to your body. That can mean listening to your heart and not allowing people into your life who bring you pain on a consistent basis. Um, that can mean something as simple as, yeah, I do need a night alone in the house by myself and truly feeling comfortable with asking for what you need. That is what I think the root of self-care is. Um, the second half of this question is, uh, making friends. So ideas for making friends and um, they said they feel like they've tried everything. And for me, what I find is that a lot of times when people have a hard time making friends, it's because they're looking for friends in all the wrong places. Um, it, it's very unlikely that we're going to find people who um, are similar to us in the way that we orient in the world in just any place. And it's um, common, it's really, really common for people to admire someone and to think that that is the same as being compatible as friends. And I see so many people um, either feeling left out or isolated or feeling um, like they're trying so hard to make friends and they're just not getting it reciprocated. Um, and what I what I see when that is happening is that we're looking for people that we um, not necessarily like compatible with, like we don't jive with, and they're people who aren't even like rooting for us. And so what I want you to do instead is to look at who is treating me with kindness. Put yourself in the position of choice and power. And don't think about it like you're trying to find people who will approve of you or accept you. Like, look for the people who already do and then invest in those people. And if you've moved to a new town, if you are like me and you work online and you're trying to find people who do feel that way about, then I suggest either going to places, become a regular places. That's how I created my community here is that I became a regular. So I would go to the same coffee shops every day. I would go to the same bars every every you know time I went out for a drink. I would go to similar restaurants. And then I would start to see the same faces over and over again. And then you can start to see who you feel drawn to, who feels drawn to you, make small talk, see who you connect with. Another one is just email people and ask. Just say, hey, I really admire your work. I would love to you know, go out for coffee with you. Some people will say no, and some people will say yes. And the ones who say yes are the ones who you should spend time with. The ones who say no, 
they're probably just busy and that's okay. So um, really put yourself out there, go to the same places over and over again, but also really enter into any new friendship, any new relationship with the feeling of like, I'm choosing to look for people who feel good to me to spend time with. Really put yourself in the position of choice and of power because otherwise you're going to end up with a lot of friends who don't treat you well. You're going to end up constantly feeling like you're trying to grasp for something that you can't have. And you're going to, it's just going to make you feel worse when in reality it's just a shift of looking for the people who are pumped about who you are already. Um, so that's my answer for friendships. The next question I have, and for those who are just joining us, I'm going to re-remind you to, if you have questions, put them in the uh, comments below. And I'm just running through questions that came in through Instagram stories yesterday. The next is, do you think it can be risky to monetize your passion? Do you replace it with new hobbies? So I think, and I know you're here, I think you're still here, um, that when you're talking risk, um, I think that just depends on what you mean by risk. So do you mean that you could lose your zeal and your excitement about that thing? Because that's kind of my initial thought. And... With that, I think that's very possible, and I don't, um, I don't think that should keep you from doing it. I think that it should just being informed of that is great, right? Just knowing, okay, if I'm gonna make my passion my job, then I'm risking it impacting my relationship to my passion. So. What does that mean? What do I need to do to be proactive and staying engaged and passionate about the thing that I love while I'm also monetizing it? So what that can look like is creating really good boundaries around it, doing it in a way that feels really good to you, um, hiring help as soon as you're able to. Because a lot of times what happens is that we find ourselves um, doing something. So say we're rug weavers, right? Like that's our passion. That's what we love to do. That's our hobby. And all of a sudden people are asking us if they can buy our rugs. And um, what we want to be aware of, what we want to think about is at what point is this going to be past the point of enjoyment for me? Is that going to be the, the client management side of things, the, the relationship? Is that going to be creating the same rug over and over and over again? And try and be proactive and say, okay, if I find that I need to mass produce the same rug 30 times and what keeps me excited is the creation of new designs, then you might want to hire an apprentice or someone who can do the parts that are just like mindless tasks so that you can stay engaged in the pieces that bring you to life. And I would say, don't sleep on this. Like, do this as soon as possible. Like, really look at it and think like, what are the things that could kill my passion? If I'm going to monetize this, how can I preserve the love that I have for it? So what I would do with that, the recommendation that I have is to look and say, what are the pieces of this that I feel passionate about? Is it the act? Is it the meditative practice of creating this thing? Is it the ideas and coming up with new ways of doing it? Is it um, just being creative in general? Think about what it is that makes you feel passionate and really nurture that and preserve it. And as soon as you're able, automate or delegate the things that do not serve you and the things that could potentially kill that thing for you. So I can speak from personal experience. Um, yay, awesome. I'm so glad you guys are here. So I can speak from personal experience that 
I killed photography for myself. So I started out as a photographer. I studied photojournalism growing up. I burnt myself out of newspaper because I just went too hard too fast. I burnt myself out in wedding photography. I burnt myself out in boudoir photography. And the way that I did this was by not creating any boundaries, saying yes to everything, not raising my prices, um, doing things that put me... so. In order to raise my income, I was working twice as hard over and over again, traveling to other states to do the work and just spinning my wheels doing what I knew how to do best, which was just work hard. Um, so, oh, cool. Can you guys hear me? Can everybody hear me? Um, well, I want to make sure you can. So, um, all of that to say, um, really be proactive in preserving the pieces of it that bring you to life. Delegate or automate the things that do not. Thank you, Mary. Um, so the next piece, and if you have questions to clarify anything, please let me know because I want to make sure that I do a good job of explaining. Um, so the next question, I get asked this every time I do a Q&A, which is, um, when and how did you meet your husband? <laughs> um, and then the second question, which I'm really excited to answer today, is how did you know he was the one? So I met my husband when I was working at a coffee shop. I was a coffee shop manager for like nine months between starting one business and taking another, taking a marketing job. And um, he came in and he put a note for me and like a poem for me in the suggestion box at my work. And um, I had already had kind of a crush on him, so it worked out really well. Um, and, oh, he just joined. Oh, I'm talking about you. <laughs> um, so that is how Ovi and I met. And um, I think I asked him out on our first date and then um, – we just, we, yeah, we, we really like each other. Worked out really well. Um, and the next question is, how did you know he was the one? And um, I think that's a hard question. I think, I don't necessarily believe in the one. And I think Obi would agree. Um, I think it's about, um, do you, are we contributing positively to each other's lives? Are we making each other better people? Are we um, treating each other as humans who deserve love and respect and um, teammates who support each other and root for each other and cheer each other on? Um, that to me is what matters and that's what I'm looking for. And if one or both of us felt like that wasn't happening, we would no longer be the one for each other. I think it's an active participation that we do every single day. And I'm so grateful that I have Obi who is participating in that process. You know, we wake up every day and we choose. And some days it's really hard. Hi, Julia. Um, and some days it's easier. And every day we're participating. And um, Yay, Obi says, absolutely, participation teammate. I, um, I love you. So it is, and it's a constant tr attempt to understand each other better. I think it can really get hard, um, or we can become easy to assume we know each other completely, and we know everything, we know exactly how they're going to respond in any situation. And in reality, the one for me and the one for him would be someone who's constantly trying to learn and grow and change in, in positive ways and understand themselves and each other better. So um, 
I think I knew he was the one because we are participating in that every single day. And, um, and I think that anybody can do that. You know, I don't, I don't think that I almost find it more romantic to think that I actively choose him and that I could choose anybody and someone else could choose me, but instead we're just actively participating in life with one another. So that's kind of, and it may not be the most romantic answer, but I think it's romantic. I think it's more romantic because we're engaged and it's not just like when we're feeling things. And um, for Obi and I, we're both very high feelers. Like we love in bliss, you know, and we despair in despair. And so um, the feelings are, are there, but if I relied on those, then the, my mind would change every day. And so that's what I, that's kind of my belief around the one. So the next question is, how does one push themselves when they feel like they're reaching their breaking point? And I find this question in itself very interesting, right? Because you're saying you're reaching your breaking point. Um, so how can you push yourself past it? And I don't think that you should. <laughs> I think when you're reaching your breaking point, you, you don't need to push anymore. You need to look and assess and reevaluate and, and pivot, right? So something isn't working. If you're reaching your breaking point, something's not serving you here. So I want you to look at, at what's working, what's not working, what feels good, what feels bad, and then eliminate some of those things that feel bad by automating them, delegating them, or just quitting them. And then I want you to really bring in more of those things that feel good. And it might mean taking a break. It might be um, taking some screen time away, taking some time away from your screen. Um, it might mean you know hiring assistant. It might mean pivoting your business in a different direction. And none of those are bad. All of those are good. And um, what I don't want you to do is to think like, I need to show up every single day in the same form, working from you know, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. in the same capacity every single day. Because the truth is that you aren't a robot. You're not a machine, so you have to listen. You have to listen to what's serving you and what's not serving you so that you can show up at all and that you, so that you don't have to quit completely in order to keep going long-term. So what I say is just check it out, look around, assess what's working, what's serving you, what's not serving you, and reevaluate things and make some moves in a different direction. Um, the last question that I have, oh no, I have two more questions. So I have, um, I need help with overcoming procrastination, staying focused and motivated. So I love this question because we all struggle with this, right? Everybody procrastinates. Um, and what, there's a lot of things that I do. So in my, um, program business bliss and that workshop, I talk about, all of our short-term stalling tactics. So what are the things that we tend to do when we're trying to not work? And um, really starting to know your own stalling tactics, recognize them and cut them off as soon as you start to see them. So is that scanning your phone? Is it checking Facebook 30 times? Is it hopping into your email? Um, any of those things, is it chit-chatting with someone on the phone? Is it talking to a stranger who happens to be in the coffee shop with you? Really acknowledge what are your stalling tactics and be proactive when you start to see them pop up, hit the, you know, jump on them. But then the other thing is listen 
when you see those stalling tactics arise. So why are they here in the first place? Um, really start to know <laughs> words with friends. I love that one. Um, yes, like when when do you start to see them arise and start to think like, what is it that's keeping me from participating in this process? Um, I'm going to write your question down, Mary, so that I don't forget it really quickly. Um, got you. Um, so the so when you're procrastinating on a day-to-day -day basis, I recommend a couple of things. Number one, change your location. So if you're normally working from home and you're feeling like you just cannot get in the mode of working, then go out and work from a coffee shop if you need to. Do something different. Work outside if you need to. Do, just change up your environment. The second tip that I have is to really listen to when you work well. This is a big one. And this is um, one that gets missed a lot. And that's that there are certain hours of the day that you are just going to function better. And so work during those hours the best that you can. And then when it's not those hours, allow yourself to take some time off. So I will tell you that if I have a limited amount of time to work in a day, it's going to be in the morning if I have any say in it at all. Because after 2 p.m., I really start to fade. And after 5 p.m., it's impossible. So what I see a lot of people doing is they expect themselves to show up the same all the time, every day, every hour, and they get to the computer and they're just like waiting for something to come out, waiting for something to happen, and then they're stalling a bunch and they're not functioning really well and they're feeling really frustrated with themselves, which does not help them to get any work done. And instead, what I want you to do is I want you to acknowledge that it's happening and then potentially just step away and come back at a time that you can actually work faster because here's what I want you to do. I want you to get to work work for an hour or two hours, get a ton done, and close your laptop and be done with the day. What I don't want you to do is I don't want you to try to work during time frame that does not serve you, does not work for you, and then just stall and stare at your computer for four hours, feeling like you're never going to get any of the work done. So that's my suggestion, is really hone in on the time of day that you work best and listen when you're feeling distracted pay attention to that. Say like, is this a, consistently this time of day? Am I distracted? Um, consistently when I've done this kind of thing with this kind of person, am I distracted? Really listen when you're procrastinating, understand where that's coming from so that you can be proactive in the future. Yes. Um, so Amazon Rita says some sounds good because that's what I do. Totally. And a lot of us, right? Like we try to work during a time frame that just doesn't work. It's not jiving for us. And for a lot of people, that's kind of mid-afternoon. It's a pretty common time to feel slumpy and like you don't, you're not engaged. So I would push you, like figure out what time of day really serves you. Go in, focus, get a lot more done in a shorter amount of time, and then eliminate that, that afternoon work if you can. Um, I like to say you have three priorities in a given day. So prioritize the top three things that you need to get done. And then anything that you get done above that is a bonus. The last piece to procrastination is that sometimes when we're procrastinating, we just need an easy win. So pick a task that is super duper duper small 
and start there. So there was something that I was procrastinating on recently and I kept feeling like I need to sit down and get this all done at one time and it was just not happening. And so what I decided to do is I said, what's the smallest little bit that I can do today and then I'll finish it tomorrow. And so I outlined it and said, this is all that I'm gonna need to do. And then the next day I was able to finish it because I needed to make it littler in each step's much, much smaller to make it digestible and easy to do because a lot of times we're stalling because we're overwhelmed by the like the concept of everything that we have on our plate. And so make your first step as small as physically possible. Um, and the Amazon reader says, I have so many squirrel moments of distraction, especially when it's hot. Oh my gosh, that's another really good one is, are you guys there? Cost me. Okay, so that's another really good one. I think you guys can see me, but maybe not. Can you see me? My screen just went black. Okay, hi. So my screen went black, so I can't see me, but I'm just gonna assume that you can. Um, so awesome. So I have, um, is listen to your physical needs, right? Like a lot of times we're distracted because we're hungry, we're hot, we're tired, we're thirsty, we're dehydrated. Take care of your physical self and then your, your likelihood to be able to show up as a, as a worker goes through the roof. So those are my top three tips. Number one, I'm going to run through them again. Number one is, um, really recognize your particular stall hat stalling habits and be proactive about um, eliminating those work during the hours in which you are productive and then the third is take care of your physical person and make yourself comfortable and happy and healthy first okay so the next question that i have is that i keep wanting to do things and finding myself not following through any advice so this is really common right like we have an idea like i want to you know, start a photography business or I want to follow my dream of becoming a writer and then we don't do the things. And my biggest piece of advice for that, for the follow through of those things is to find a teacher, put yourself in the position of being coached. Um, the next one is to break it down into small steps. You know, it's becoming a photographer is a one giant task that can feel really overwhelming. Instead, break that down. What steps need to happen in order for you to take the first step, to start the process? Um, make those steps much, much smaller. And then the third is sometimes we just have to push through that barrier. We have a lot in our systems that want us to stay small, that want us to not do the things that we want to do. We've been told our whole lives to not engage in the process of our existence and that we shouldn't and that we shouldn't follow through with our dreams and um, that there's too much risk. There's too much to be afraid of. And so sometimes it's just taking action. It's taking that first step in the direction of what you want and then things can open up for you. You can start to see more. Um, and the last piece of that, actually, I want you to also do a ton of research, learn, just take in information, whether you're a reader or you're a podcast listener or a YouTuber, or if you just need a coach or a teacher, take in, learn as much as you can about the thing you want to do, because 
not because you need to be informed in order to be qualified. I mean, yes, but more so, that's where motivation lives, right? Is taking in of information and then getting, like, surrounding yourself with all of the things that lift you up and make you excited. Keep bringing more and more and more of that in because that's going to make you more likely to take action. So the question that came in while we were chatting today is, um, what about when everything feels bad and how do you regain momentum? Um, and that's kind of, I'm really shortening that question up there. But um, so my answer for that is when you're working on something right and everything just goes it starts to feel really bad and cloudy and not quite right and you can't stay engaged in the process. My answer for that is sometimes that means you just step away creatively a little bit. And that sounds like bad advice, but I'm, what, what that does is it allows you some freedom to really acknowledge what are the things that I need from this. What will serve me in this? And then move forward. Um, so what that might look like is, again, going through a season of learning and growing and developing and taking in new information. If what's making you feel bad is a lack of desire to create, then play, you know, play with what, with your medium. So what, um, if you're a photographer, which I know you are, um, if you're a photographer, shoot things for fun, shoot things that you are like, would never shoot otherwise, shoot things that you're never going to show anyone. Um, the other side of that is really evaluate, like, what is it that serves me? So for a lot of people, um, that might mean, you know, learning new things and applying new skills. So what is something that you haven't quite done before? How can you bring a new skill in? For some people, what's bringing you down is all of the administrative tasks. So how can you systemize and automate and outsource as much of that as possible so that you're not on the like on the ground doing all the drudgery that's keeping you from being more engaged with the things that you actually really love so that would be another suggestion another one is that maybe you're bringing in clients who you don't enjoy spending time with look at that so i want you to look at what is causing you to not feel engaged what's causing you to not feel excited about the work that you're doing and then kind of look around and um, work workouts work with that information because a lot of times we just go like I don't feel good it's my business's fault and I can't do this anymore and I don't want to I can't even look at my business but really it's always about us right it's always about our relationship to our business our relationship to ourselves so if we're feeling disengaged from our business it's because we're feeling disengaged from something that we need. So I want you to look at what you're missing and then cultivate a process and a growth um, through your way out of that. And so what you might want to do within that is either um, start playing a little bit more, take in new information, or hire a teacher or a coach who can kind of help dig that up for me with you and work through some of those things one-on-one. -on -one. So unless anybody else has any questions, um, you can put those in the comments below. Um, I wanted to share with you guys about 
um, a little bonus that I'm offering. I know a lot of you know about my um, digital incubator that is up right now. And as of today, I'm offering a bonus for anyone who signs up before this Friday. So um, I'll go through the incubator with you just in case you haven't heard of it yet. So the digital incubator is a four-month program focused um, we're on working toward growing your business, pivoting your business, or starting a new business. Um, I walk you through my Launching Made Easy framework where we go through all of the steps to launch a new business or product or idea and or to pivot your business in um, a way that feels really easy and digestible and it's step-by-step -step focused. And inside of that is also a workshop library. So in that workshop library, I talk about social media photography. We talk about self-portraits that you can take for your headshots, writing a business plan, business boundaries, and there's so much more. There's like over a dozen workshops in the library itself. You have access to me via Voxer, which is a walkie-talkie app, for any questions or feedback or concerns or thoughts that come up or if you want to brainstorm. And then we have bi-weekly hot seat calls. So every other week, the entire group will get together and I'll put one person in the hot seat, well, three people in the hot seat for 30 minutes and we coach one-on-one. -on -one. So most people will have access to a hot seat call um, during our time together. And everybody, it's so helpful to watch other people do their hot seats because you're getting one-on-one -on -one advice because so many of us are experiencing similar things and you're going through a similar journey. So for the bonus, I'm um, for anyone watching or listening to this in real time, if you join the incubator before Friday the 17th, you will have a free one-on-one -on -one session with me before the program begins. So what that means is that we'll discuss everything that you need to really get ready for the program we can address like all of your issues one-on-one -on -one for an hour before we even dive into the digital side of things so that is what is available right now you guys can get to the digital incubator through the link in my bio i will have that set up for you I would love to have you join me. I will also put a slide up on my Instagram stories if that's where you hang out the most, where you can swipe up and go check out the sales page, join me. But don't hesitate to send me any DMs if you have questions or um, concerns or thoughts or would like more information before you sign on. I appreciate you guys for joining me for today's Q&A, and I'm hoping to do these more often because they're they're going well. So if you have more questions that you'd like on the next Q&A, let me know. Send it my way. Thank you guys so much, and I hope you have a beautiful day. See you soon.